The first is two or three years younger than her, maybe twenty-two or twenty-three. She has a round, open face with pale blue eyes, so wide and unfocused, Lily suspects she ought to be wearing spectacles. The idea that she might perhaps be carrying a pair around in her bag, but not wishing to wear them, in a small act of vanity, makes Lily warm to her on sight. Not so her companion, who looks to be at least a decade older, with a thin-lipped smile and a long, sharp chin. The young woman leaps to her feet, revealing herself to be above average height, although she dips her head to the floor as if to make herself smaller. "'Are you Lillian? I knew you had to be, as there were only three of us in this cabin. I'm so happy to meet you. I'm Audrey, and this here is Eda, and this must be your family. Australia! Can you believe it?' The words gush out as if the girl has no control over them. Her voice pulses with excitement, causing the wisps of fair hair around her face to quiver in tandem. Lily's parents are introduced, and her brother Frank, whose eyes glide off Audrey's plain features as if they are coated in oil. Soon the ship will leave, and I will stay on it with these two strange women, and my family will go home without me, Lily reminds herself, but it does not seem real. Lily's mother is asking Audrey and Eda where they are from. We're chambermaids working at Claridge's Hotel, says Audrey. Not any more. Eda chips in curtly. She was wearing an old-fashioned black high-necked dress, and when she leans forward a sour smell comes off her that catches in Lily's throat. When we saw the advertisement about the assisted passage scheme we thought, well why not, says Audrey. But we never really dreamed, that is, I never really dreamed. She glances at her older companion and the words dry up in her mouth. Are you looking forward to seeing all the sights on the voyage? Naples, Ceylon. Lily's mother coughs out the foreign words as if they are small stones she's found on a lettuce leaf. Gotta be better than staying here, hasn't it? says Eda. If we go to war... Instantly, Lily and Frank glance towards their father, who has stood all this while in silence, leaning against the wall. We won't go to war, Lily breaks in, anxious to head off the conversation. Mr Chamberlain said so, didn't he? Peace in our time, he said. Politicians say a lot of things, says Eda. A bell sounds out in the corridor, and again, the air in the cabin vibrates. I suppose that means it's time for us to go, says Lily's mother, and her voice now carries a thin note of uncertainty that it lacked before. I will not see her again for two years, Lily tells herself, as if deliberately pressing the sharp blade of a knife against her skin. The answering jolt of pain takes her by surprise, and she puts a hand to her chest to steady herself. I'll come with you onto the deck to wave goodbye, Audrey tells her. My own folks saw me off at Liverpool Street, but I want to get one last look at Blighty. You coming, Eda? The older woman narrows her little black eyes. Nothing for me to see there, she says. Who'd I be waving to? A tree? A crane? On the way up to the deck, Audrey whispers in Lily's ear. Don't mind Eda, she's just sore because she didn't get the full assisted passage on account of her age. I hope that might put her off coming, but no such luck. Lily smiles, but doesn't reply because of the pain which is flowering across her chest like dye in water. She watches her parents back as they lead the way to the deck, noticing how her mother's head is bowed in its best black hat, how her father clings to the rail as he climbs the stairs, his knuckles white with effort. Is your dad always so quiet? Audrey asks. 
Lily nods. The last war, she says. Oh. Now they are out in the open again and joining the line of visitors queuing to go down the gangplank. Lily imagines herself grabbing hold of her mother's arm. I've changed my mind, she'd say. I'm coming home with you. You look after yourself, mind, her mother says, turning to face her. A pretty girl like you, their son would take advantage. Lily feels her cheeks flame. Her mother has never told her she is pretty. Other people have. Robert's voice, soft as butter. You're so lovely, Lily. But not her mother. Too worried, perhaps, about giving her daughter a big head, the very worst of female vices in her view. Mrs. Collins appears beside them. She is a stout, pleasant-faced woman appointed by the Church of England Migration Council to accompany Lily and the other seven young women travelling on the assisted passage scheme to take up domestic service employment.